This is Back of House News, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. It's Thursday, April 28th. I'm Claudia Sarek. Did you know that Yelp is about more than just restaurant reviews? Yelp Guest Manager can help you with your reservations, waitlist management, front of house operations, and more. Visit backofhouse.io today to schedule your demo and receive a $100 gift card. This week, we take a deeper look behind the latest inflation data and what it means for the restaurant industry with our guest, Tyler Booth, investment lead at RelishWorks. Hi, Tyler. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Claudia, for having me. So I know the latest inflation numbers attracted a lot of attention in the past weeks. Anything in the data that's particularly of note for restaurant operators? Yeah. So, Claudia, like you mentioned, the March inflation numbers came out high again. You know, overall inflation came in at 8.5% year over year and 1.2% month over month. And really, it's just rising as fast as it has ever been in the last 40 years. Yeah. In the food category specifically, inflation came in at 8.8% year over year and 1% month over month. Wow. So whichever way you slice it, prices are rising and they're rising fast with little reprieve in sight. So, Tyler, obviously people have to eat and consumers need to get their food from somewhere. So is there any difference between tracking inflation for groceries versus restaurants? That's a great point, Claudia. And this is where we're really seeing some divergence in the data. Interestingly, food at home is prices are increasing faster in that category than prices in food away from home. And that's an interesting time for that to happen because there's a couple other data points or variables that are are going to cause some interesting things in in our world. We have people returning to the office for the first time in two years because of the pandemic. We have right. the weather is starting to get warmer for a significant portion of the country. So it's going to be interesting to track the data and restaurants spend in the next couple months because you have essentially three variables. The one variable is that grocery prices are increasing faster than restaurant prices. People are headed back to the office and, you know, that can cause an increase in restaurant spend. And the weather is getting warmer and people, as we all know, like to go to patios and like to be outside when when the weather gets warmer. Mm -hmm. So those three variables can really might cause a polarizing effect a little bit um, and sort of a, a reversal than we've seen previously uh, where restaurant spend can actually tick up at this time versus in the past six months, restaurant spend has been essentially flat. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's going to be an interesting next three to six months to watch that data come in. Yeah, that's super interesting. So I guess playing off of that and going even further, do you have any sense of what's likely in store around inflation in general for the remainder of 2022? Is it something that appears likely to continue in general? Are there any indicators that things may actually stabilize and that um, the things that we just talked about aren't, you know, aren't going to matter so much? You know, I would I would love to say that inflation is stabilizing. And there is some truth in the recent data that supports that. Um, but I would say the real number to watch here is energy prices and gas prices. You know, we have this sort of data point where the longer the, the longer gas stays above $4 a gallon, 
the more likely consumers will trade down or be price conscious with their other purchases. We really look at these things that people are buying that we call having inelastic demand, meaning that consumers are going to buy them no matter what the price is, because that's how yeah. we live our lives. Um, gas recently went close to $5 a gallon and people have to go and fill up their tank uh, at the gas station because they have to get to work or they have to pick up their kids from sure. school or, you know, see their friends. If gas stays at that elevated level, it's a higher percentage of a person or a family's monthly budget and they have less to spend on what we call discretionary expenses. And going to restaurants is in that category typically of discretionary expenses. Food at home, as we mentioned previously, typically is not a discretionary expense because people need it to live. But if grocery prices are increasing faster for consumers than restaurant prices, consumers may opt to walk to their local restaurant or you know have dinner outside on a patio as things get warmer mm -hmm. and buy less groceries. We'll see when the data comes in if, if that phenomenon will happen. Um, historically, yeah. that that has not happened that way, but we have never had a pandemic before. So we've never had an element of pent up demand that could cause a reversal um, and give it some some momentum for a reversal. Yeah, there was a lot of unknowns and a lot of interesting variables that that triggered that triggered this whole this whole snowball effect in many different areas. So how has inflation impacted consumer behavior so far? And how do you think that impact could evolve going forward? Well, the way we really see it is we have two categories or two buckets of consumer spending. And that really is mm -hmm. what consumers need to spend money on and what consumers want to spend money on. Mm. Gas and food are the top two things that consumers need to spend money on. Um, the problem with those two things is that they are the two categories that are rising the quickest over the past two months. And it's really putting pressure on the other category of what consumers want to spend money on. Right, right. I, I can attest to that. Every time I go to purchase something for my home, I'm always torn. Do I want to put this towards the grocery store or put it towards this? Right. I mean, consumers are, you know, really making choices. And gas and food is, is not really a choice that a lot of consumers can make. They need those things in their everyday life. Um, but things like clothing and, um, you know, sporting events and, mm -hmm. and other things are, are things that consumers might be uh, taking a second look on and, and determining whether um, they want to buy those things. Yeah, absolutely. So any advice for restaurant operators in terms of accounting for inflation in their short-term and long-term planning? You know, I would say the number one thing operators can do right now is to track their food costs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the range can vary a little bit from operator to operator, but, you know, I would say a good range of food costs is typically between 28 and 35% of your top-line revenue. Mm -hmm. If it's not quite in that range... I think operators, you know, should take a deeper look as to what's causing, you know, that range to be sort of out out of balance. And it might be time to increase your menu prices or or do something different um, to get food costs back into that appropriate range. Mm -hmm. And how do you keep the food costs accurate? You know, in order for operators to keep accurate food costs, there's sort of three things that they can do. Uh, to really put them in a good position to have visibility into their operation. 
Number one is to keep track of food product purchasing. You know, this is really something where they're monitoring their spend with vendors week to week and making sure they're not overbuying or underbuying and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. The second thing operators can do is really keep an accurate track of their inventory of the product that they are spending money on. This is going to help combat things like waste and uh, misuse of product, um, making sure that, you know, they're not overbuying or underbuying as well sure. uh, when it comes to to their inventory. Sure. And the third thing that operators can do right now is to take a look at their recipe costing. This is the most granular thing that operators can do, but it's very powerful of seeing whether their recipes on an individual unit level are making money for the restaurant. These are things that operators will catch that, you know, chicken wings have exploded in price recently. And if you're doing a happy hour at five o'clock and chicken wings are half off, that recipe at that time is really losing operators more money than they have in the past. Mm. So operators tracking their costs at a recipe level can be cumbersome, but with a couple tools, they can really find uh, ways to improve their operations. So last question here. Is there anything that you're going to be looking for or anything else that we should know about inflation or inflation numbers and the, the future of what we're headed into next? Yeah, I think what's really interesting is I, I do believe we're going to see some choppy data over the next couple of months. There's a lot of different variables that are coming into play, as we mentioned, with pent up demand and the weather increasing and people returning back to work and the office and downtown settings. I really think we need to look at the energy prices and not so much in a monthly basis, but over a sustained period of time. The last time gas Mm -hmm. was over $4 a gallon nationally for an extended period of time was in 2008. And that period of 2008 was one of the worst periods in recent memory for restaurants. We had a financial recession. We had people really tightening Mm -hmm. their budgets in terms of discretionary spending. However, we didn't have any pent-up demand from a pandemic, so I really think we need to not look at the numbers month month to month, but really look at periods of three months and six months going forward, Um, and energy prices and grocery prices are really going to be the canary in the coal mine, I think, to determine how willing people are going to spend on those discretionary expenses. Um, Mm -hmm. and if they still consider restaurant spending in that discretionary category, we might see a situation where people, because of the pandemic and they've been, you know, in their homes for, for two years at this point, they might put social interaction and restaurant spending in that non-discretionary essential bucket. Um, I'm really, I'm really intrigued to see what happens here over the next three or six months. Um. I do want to caution, though, that the monthly data is going to look choppy um, for the next three to six months, I think. Well, we'll all be looking at it closely, I'm sure. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. That's all for this week, folks. Bye-bye.